0: Hello, and welcome to show number 2319 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpe. And I'm Pete Torpe.
1: I was given some wonderful chances in life. I was born with a lot of medical problems and, um, and also blindness as well. And so, I've had a lot of help from the medical system, my parents, my teachers. I've been extremely lucky with, with what I've been given. And, but I understand that there's many around the world who aren't so lucky. I just wanted to, I really felt that I could do something about that.
2: And today's guest has managed to make some major contributions to people around the world, despite all of those
0: difficulties. Mick Curran was the founder and first developer of NVDA, the non-visual desktop access screen reader that was first released in 2006 and continues to be used by more and more people around the world. We'll talk with Mick about the ongoing development efforts of NVDA, including the active community involvement and feedback-driven approach that continue to shape the future of this free and open-source software. But first, for our tip of the week, this week's tip is some good advice from Mick Curran about getting help using NVDA.
1: How to find help with NVDA if you're you're stuck? Um, you can always go straight to so press NVDA uh, plus N to get to the NVDA menu, and then help. And then there's a, a myriad of of option help options there, including. Our free user guide, which is inbuilt into MVDA and goes through all the options and um, different things in MVDA. But if you want further, more sort of tutorial type assistance, there is several training modules for MVDA that um, are also for, for purchase from our website.
0: Support for Eyes on Success is provided by... Insight.org nsite.org and Insight Connect, a job board exclusively designed for individuals who experience vision loss and employers who seek to fill open positions with talent who are blind or have low vision. Job postings are also open to veterans. Insight, a vision for talent. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Mick and learning how NVDA got started. Today's guest has been with us several times
2: before, but for people who may not know you, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, Mick.
1: Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, my name is Mick Curran, and I am uh, the original creator and a co-developer of the NVDA screen reading software. Um, I'm also uh, executive director of NV Access, an Australian not-for-profit that uh, supports and promotes NVDA.
0: Now, as I recall, you started creating NVDA because you had finished university and didn't have anything else to do and you thought it would be worthwhile, which turns out it was.
1: Uh, almost correct. Um, I was in university and I got bored with university. <laughs> and so I said to my parents, I was going to take some time off, which of course ended up translating into I'm going to quit. But I think it was really just the fact that I'd been at school for, you know, 14 years plus a few years of university or whatever it was. Yeah, thirteen, yeah, fourteen years, you know, and I just sort of really felt that I wanted to go out into the community and do something meaningful. I just sort of had enough of education. I was also struggling a little bit. I enjoyed education, especially university. I found that sort of almost more interesting than school, of course, because, you know, the the lecturers and, and people were sort of, I guess, more engaged and more interested in what they were teaching. But at the same time, though, as many blind people would understand, I'm sure, it is a, a very big struggle to to go through university with all the preparations you have to do in terms of talking with lecturers and getting materials in the appropriate formats. And then above that, for me, um, I also have some extra uh, mobility issues in terms of like I have a, a pretty acute scoliosis, you know, back, back issues and things. And so walking around a very large campus and that carrying a lot of equipment took a lot of energy out of me. And in the end, I just... You know, I wanted something different, I wanted to to do uh, something else. I mean, because also as well, I'd also started dating in um, Blind Citizens Australia, which is sort of the peak advocacy body for blind people in Australia. And so I'd become very aware and very interested in blindness advocacy issues as well. So, yeah, I really just wanted to get out there and find something to do. And thankfully I was able to sort of merge the two passions of mine, you know, blindness advocacy and also Um, IT and computer science and, yeah, started NVDA.
2: And so this program benefits not only you, but people around the world. NVDA has really grown to be quite a screen reader that many people around the world are using these days.
1: Yeah, uh, it's used by uh, around about 200,000 people around the world, thereabouts. It's a little bit hard to get actual statistics because, you know, not everyone is connected to the internet every day but you know it's 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 roughly around that it could be higher especially we certainly know it's making a huge difference in developing countries you know uh especially places like India it's it's used immensely there so yeah and i had absolutely no idea back at the start that it would make such an impact again you know as you said i did it mainly to to help myself at first and i thought that you know if it if it helps some other people that's a good thing of course, but um, yeah, I had absolutely no idea. But when people started contacting us, asking us to, you know, if, whether they could translate it into into various languages, etc., it was it was it was quite amazing.
0: Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about
2: partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at
0: eyesonsuccess.net. dot net. This week's focus topic is NVDA, or Non Visual Desktop Access Screen Reader.
2: Well, Mick, you started this project about 10 years ago, and it was basically just you and Jamie Tay, who we'll actually be speaking to next week on the show. And I always wondered at the time, with just the two of you working on it, what would happen if either of you decided not to do it anymore? And then Jamie eventually left to work at Mozilla. And I thought, oh, my word, what's going to happen? But that isn't the way it turned out. It kept on going. You found a lot of other people to contribute,
1: didn't you? Yeah. So so it actually started actually 17 years ago, actually, um, way back in 2006. It's been a really, really long journey. But uh, a rewarding one, but yeah, there is a very big that everything you know could could fall apart if if both Jamie and I uh were no longer around or you know dr- lost interest in the project. I'm sure that will never happen. I mean, as you can see, even Jamie's still still very much embedded and interested in the project and and so am I, obviously but yeah, right from the start, we made a very conscious decision to make it. Uh, open source, which you know, which which means that people around the world can contribute to the code or to the documentation or different ways that they can help out. And we we always say that you know MVDA is by users for users. Um, it's more than just a piece of software; it's a community movement. And there are many many people you know who contribute to MVDA. Probably about a, a hundred or so people have contributed code and documentation and then if you count all the language translators I think you know you're you're really up in the almost 300 or more I would say. Wow. And you know many almost I'd say 50% of the code these days is probably provided by the community. Um, obviously NV Access vets that code reviews it very carefully and makes the final decisions as to what goes into the product but Um, It it really is a community effort. And um, it's very humbling, I guess, to me that the community has taken this all on board so well and um, have really made it theirs.
0: So with that many people contributing from around the world, how many actual staff do you have in addition?
1: MV Access is made up of four staff. We are very, very tiny.
0: That's it? Wow. Yes. (laughs) Thank goodness for the 300 volunteers. Yes, this screen
2: reader is given to people free, whoever wants it. How is it funded these days? What keeps it going?
1: Yeah, we we have wonderful support. Obviously, firstly from our donors, so people who use the product, um, we you know we ask them nicely if they may consider donating, and many do, which is really wonderful. And of course, we're trying to make ourselves a little bit known in the wider public sphere as well, in terms of asking the the general public for donations because, as I mentioned, we are an Australian registered charity. So people, you know, it's, it's certainly in Australia can make tax-deductible donations. Um, I mean, donations from anywhere in the world, but, but at least under Australian law, uh, tax-deductible. But also uh, where we probably are supported the most is through large tech corporates, mostly in the US. So, for instance, Microsoft, Google and Adobe have all been wonderful supporters of us and have provided uh, very significant funding so that we can continue doing what we do and um, obviously they they like what we do and it's within their interest to make sure that there is a free product um, like ours out there because obviously they want to make sure that blind people can use their free services without having to pay thousands of dollars for a commercial screen reading product uh, but also in return, we also provide these companies with um, consulting on the accessibility of their own products as well. So you know, it works out uh, works out quite well.
2: It sounds like NVDA is on quite a solid foundation these days. Then, and there shouldn't be any worries about the future for sure.
1: Uh, definitely, yeah, no. I think I think it's a very very healthy project at the moment. And as a you know said, there's a wonderful community around us, which I think that, you know, they they wouldn't let us uh, crumple away. Too many people care about it.
2: And you've come a long way over that time. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about some of the major advances and improvements you've made in the past year or two and where it might be headed in the future.
1: I suppose some of the big things is uh, support for ARM 64 or ARM platform, which is um, it's the sort of the chip that people would know are in their their iPhones and and Android devices and things. Um, it's sort of a, a bit more efficient um, and uh, saves more power and is more performant, perhaps more than the the existing uh, Intel chips. So there's a lot of smaller Windows tablets and things moving over to this um, new uh, architecture, and so Nvidia needs to support that so over the last year or so we um, finished off that work we'd started actually doing this back in 2017 or something I think with some support from Microsoft and we'd got it to a particular point but there were some advances in uh, Windows 11 actually which made that ARM support much better for everyone and so uh, we completed that work so essentially that means that you are able to run MVDA on an ARM device which is cool we're always working on making sure that we're up to date with uh, web accessibility standards such as the aria uh, you know accessible rich internet applications standard and especially uh, at the moment uh, well uh, recently they extended that standard to support what they call annotations which is so in web pages and online document editors you know google docs and all that kind of stuff exposing information like comments and footnotes and track changes and all that kind of stuff and so we've been doing work to make sure that we support that standard. And so we announce you know, comments when they're available and provide keystrokes to read the content of those comments and, and uh, jump to them and all that. So that's that kind of work. What else are we doing? We're always making enhancements to make sure that we're working with the latest features on uh, Windows 11. I mean, I think that's one thing that when you develop a screen reader, your work is never done because technology is always moving forward um, and we have no control over that so you know the, there's always a latest version of windows or there's a latest version of your favorite web browser or something and so we need to make sure that we're always keeping up to date with that so we're uh, yeah definitely doing doing all those things I think they're really the the big things at the moment there's always things we're doing under the hood which may not you know to do with performance etc which may not be noticed straight away but is obviously you know subconsciously appreciated
2: so NVDA in its basic form supports all the tools that most users are likely to use.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything from a web browser like Firefox or Google Chrome or Microsoft Edge to uh, Word processors, whether that be you know, Microsoft Word or Google Docs or um, and other Office products like Excel and PowerPoint and Outlook, You know, anything for a blind person to be independent and productive, whether it be just to socialize or do their schoolwork or be in the workplace.
2: Now, I'm mostly familiar with JAWS that I've been using for a long time, which is another commercially available screen reader. And they have the ability for users and other people to write scripts to customize how certain applications might work with a screen reader. I take it the equivalent thing in NVDA is what you call add ons or plugins?
1: Yes, add ons, yes. So we um, I think we've had add ons since about 2012 or something, if I remember rightly. Um, and there, they seem to be very popular. There's, you know, it's probably more than a hundred or so well-known add-ons for MVDA, and I'm sure there's more around the world. And that's, it's you know, great to see the community getting on top of that. But we're trying to, all every day, trying to make that uh, experience easier and for add-on developers. Too. So one of the things that we're actually working on, at the moment, not not ready yet, not out yet, but Maybe stay tuned. Is an add on store within built right into MVDA. So, this will allow you to browse, download, and install and update uh, available add ons uh, right from within MVDA rather than having to go to an external website. And so, that's pretty exciting. And it's going to part of that process behind the scenes is also making the submission process for add on authors uh, a lot more streamlined as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting, and we're very—to put that out there very, very soon.
2: I think that's a great idea. I've always commented to people about JAWS that I thought Freedom Scientific ought to do something like that, because when you're looking for JAWS scripts, you have to hunt over the web and know somebody who knows about a script, and they can be hard to find, these custom scripts written by other people that they're willing to share easily, but if you can't find them, that doesn't do you any good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of good things being written both in the MVDA and and JAWS communities with with scripting and add-ons. And, yeah, we just want to make sure it gets into people's hands so that they can use them. But, you know, we also want to make it, as far as we can, a little bit more safer and secure as well. You know, so, I mean, we can't vet absolutely everything, but at least I think that things that are on our, you know, that will be available in our official add-on store at least will be seen by, you know, either us or certain respected members of the community and at least it will give us the ability, capacity to be able to remove, you know, any questionable add-ons, you know, um, and the sad, sad world, but, there, you know, there always could be a chance that someone writes some rogue code or something that, you know, does something um, not nice and so uh, we do need the ability to be able to flag those and, you know, get rid of those and so uh, bringing that inside of MVDA, um, will will help that a little bit.
2: But it is nice to know that someone is doing some amount of vetting. I mean, I know I go to these other sites and you download something and you think it's safe, but you're never really sure. Yeah,
1: that's very true.
2: The add-ons in NVDA are written in Python, right?
1: Yes, that's right.
2: Which is a language that many people are familiar with and pretty easy to use. So I guess it's pretty easy for people to write their own scripts if they want.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm, I think there's a little bit of learning you need, and we've got, you know, a, d- a developer guide and all, um, uh, a bunch of resources on the, on the web to help you uh, with that kind of thing. But yes, Python is fast becoming, or, or I think is now, the most popular programming language by a lot of surveys. Certainly, it's used greatly in universities. It's certainly really replaced in, you know, many courses where they may have in the past taught, say, Java or even C++ um, they're now teaching students Python um, it's just because it's really fast to code in it's you know quite easy to understand but it's also so powerful especially in sort of the data science domains and things like that as well so I mean there will always be a need for the the lower level languages of course you know if you're doing real uh, hardcore computer science or something then obviously you're going to learn C++ or something like that but yeah Python is becoming ever more popular. And um, I'm t- you know, it was interesting because it was sort of somewhat evident to us. And that's sort of why we sort of chose, Jamie and I chose to use Python for NVDA, because we could really see the potential. And it's, just, it's sort of been interesting to just watch you know, the rest of the community slowly pick that up and go, oh, yeah, this is actually uh, quite, quite useful.
0: Did you yourself have any formal training in Python or any other programming languages?
1: Certainly not in Python, uh, but I did in my years in university, I certainly learned C++, um, and I've dabbled in a lot of other languages, just purely out of interest as well.
2: What are some of the biggest challenges or hurdles that you have overcome or have to overcome sometimes, either in running the organization or in keeping NVDA going and improving it?
1: Yeah, there are always challenges. I think that, I mean, there are, there are both technical and organisational challenges, I suppose, technical challenges are really just about keeping things up to date um, and learning, you know, how to new, do new things. You know, I've said this, you know, since we started creating it, there's, we really sort of sadly had to reinvent the wheel, um, you know, because anything anyone else had done, you know, other commercial screen readers, etc. we couldn't find out how they did things because they weren't open source, you know, because they Profitable products, obviously, and so it was in their interest to hide their code. Um, I don't agree with that, but I uh, accept it. Um, but that's really, you know, one of the main reasons why we started NVDA is that even if we had failed one day or some reason NVDA was no longer needed, um, or, you know, another project came to replace us, uh, NVDA could still be used as a reference. Um, finally, there was something that people could look at you know how we did things just so then they don't necessarily need to to reinvent the wheel of, you know a, a, so yeah there are those challenges because there are no no books no reference materials whatever so we have to sort of work it out all ourselves sometimes that might mean talking to a company and asking questions um, or you know going through you know very complicated and hard to find documentation but there's no university courses or something you can take about you know writing a Screen reader, so that's a technical challenge. Um, another, you know, technical challenge is again simply just keeping keeping up to date with things and making sure that we're honouring the needs, um, the most important needs of our users. We have a a very vibrant and vocal community, and uh, you know they ask us and expect a lot of things, and it's uh, very difficult to juggle the priorities and um, sometimes MB Access needs to make that final call. It may be right, it may be wrong, but, you know, someone needs to make a decision in the end. Uh, we can't be paralysed by, you know, two differing, you know, opinions in the community or whatever. We just need to take one road and um, and see where we go with that. Um, Organisational challenges, I suppose, are really, I mean, you know, as I said, we, we are running a registered charity, um, which means that we are uh, a real you know, corporate entity, you know, under law. And that means you know, we have to be audited um, and we have to do everything by the book. And you know, obviously, you know, we should um, because it's people's, you know, money that they're donating to us. And so we have to be very precious with that. But it's, it's very daunting, you know, having the types of funds, I suppose, that, that we do. You know, I mean, I remember Waking up one morning in 2018, and it hit a sort of a point where I'm like, ooh, because at, at the time I was sort of fully running the company. Um, I was sort of the equivalent of the CEO. Jamie had probably left a year before that or whatever. And we had, you know, I think uh, another two employees as well. And it just sort of hit me a bit. And so I was like, uh, I think I need to get, you know, hire a, a general manager, or an accountant or something, you know, someone to maintain the books and do the sort of the operations. Someone who's a little bit more qualified than me, because I've had no, you know, I have no university degree in business management or accounting. Um, I don't mind accounting and and math and all that kind of stuff. I find that really interesting, and I don't think I was terrible at it. But at the same time, it's just another burden to wear on your shoulders, you know, on top of you know trying to maintain uh, a software product used by you know two hundred thousand people, and so. That's why uh, we decided to, to hire um, James Borham, who is uh, our general manager in, uh, of operations. And he, um, he does wonderful at, at keeping our company on track in regards to the finances and, and all the charitable obligations, et cetera.
0: You mentioned you have two passions, and we've been talking primarily about NVDA itself, the free open source screen reader. But the other one is advocacy for people with disabilities, would you like to comment on that?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, to be honest, it's, I mean, as much as I still very much care about it, um, just due to, to work and all that, it's probably has taken a little bit of a a backseat, but it's certainly, it's fair to say it was a really strong driver of why I created the project. I think that um, I was given a great, you know, some wonderful chances in life. I think, I mean, without going into things in too much depth, you know, I, I was born with a lot of medical problems and um, and also blindness as well. And so I've had a lot of help from the medical system, my parents, my teachers. I've been extremely lucky with, with what I've been given. and But I understand that there's many around the world who aren't so lucky, you know, even within Australia or the US. I think that people like Jamie and I have been given a lot of opportunities, you know, grants to get equipment at school so we could you know get through our our education and things and, and other kids weren't weren't so lucky and so that was very apparent to me early on I just wanted to I really felt that I could do something about that whether it be through creating MVDA or whether it be just sharing my knowledge um, tips and things you know to to get through school or find a job in the workplace, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, I'm very passionate, making sure that blind people have all the tools they need to contribute to society.
2: And NVDA is certainly a great contribution to people all around the world. So congratulations and good luck with it. And thank you. Thank you.
0: You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about NVDA, how to get NVDA, and how to contact Mick Curran.
2: Well, Mick, if people would like to try out NVDA, if they're not using it already, where would you send them?
1: Yeah, they just need to go to nvaccess.org, N-V-A-C-C-E-S-S dot O-R-G. And right there on the the homepage, they can uh, download a copy of, of NVDA.
0: And presumably, if they want to learn what the new features are, all of that is clearly described.
1: That's correct. We have a, a blog we call In Process, which is uh, on our page uh, there. And there's plenty of training material, both free and uh, paid for, that you can get from, from our website and, uh, so that you can make the most of NVDA.
2: And if people had questions about NVDA or they wanted to contact you, how could they do that?
1: Uh, for general questions about MVDA, they can email info at nvaccess.org. But they could also uh, reach me, um, mick at nvaccess.org is my direct email address. But um, I'm also on uh, Twitter, uh, md underscore current. And yeah, they're probably the two main places to get me.
2: And as usual, we'll have all of that contact information, in case you missed it in the audio, in the show notes associated with this episode, which is episode 2319. And you can always find that at
0: www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for today's show. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about Firefox accessibility. Accessibility has always been an important factor in the development of the Mozilla Firefox web browser. We'll speak with Jamie Tay, Technical Lead for Accessibility at the Mozilla Foundation, about recent improvements to both the accessibility and responsiveness of Firefox for those using screen readers as well, and how that work is done.
2: And as most of you know, Jamie was one of the early developers, along with Mick, on NVDA.
0: So we hope you'll join us for that episode next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You
2: can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net.